0: Welcome back to the lab, with your host, Brad Bolt. Welcome back to the lab. Back to the lab. Welcome back to the lab. Back to the lab.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of The Brad Bolt Show. I'm your host, Brad Bolt. Joining me is the host of the Saturday Air Raid. He is, I'm not sure if you're watching this on YouTube, as you can tell by his attire, what team he is a fan of. It's, it's a little bit in, inconspicuous, but it is our good friend, John Roberts. John, how are you, mate?
0: Notice uh, no uh, jersey is present because my Jackson Smith and Jigba Retro throwback jersey has not arrived yet. Thank you, Seahawks Pro Shop, for delaying that one even further. Um, And I have not brought myself to wear Russell Wilson (laughs) at all. He's not even repping behind me. I have Justin Herbert because we're doing the West today, baby.
1: We are, and this is going to be fun just for the pure fact that you look at some of the teams in here, and this is just, there's a couple teams in here I'm really looking forward to dive into just to see their yeah, off season and how everything's panned out.
0: There is the spectrum of all spectrums on this show tonight.
1: Exactly, you got it's it's best and worst is is really on display in this one. So, uh, if you are watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, please like and subscribe on the channels or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get it. And we will reference a little bit in this. Um, as of recording this, it is Wednesday, the 30th of August our time. So we have had the roster cut down day in here. So there will be a show that's coming out this Saturday for the Saturday Air Raid where we go through some of these players. So we'll reference them a little bit, but for the rest of our thoughts, you'll be able to hear some of them on this Saturday Air Raid show. So I think since we are talking the West and we have our resident Seahawk fan in the building tonight i think we shall start with the seattle seahawks so let's do it john the seahawks win loss total that i checked and i double
0: checked and i triple checked just before we started is eight and a half wins um i've got them at eight wins and nine really so that's interesting and that's with going five and one in the division as well so yeah, usually I'll like try and split the difference when it comes to conference, uh, sorry, the divisional opponents. But obviously it's kind of tricky to do that this year when you've got the Cardinals and we don't know what we're going to get just yet from the Rams. The other thing about the Rams is we play them week one. So we are kind of got our full healthy team put together versus their, I guess you'd call it their full healthy team. However, it's still not probably the team that they would want to field um, had they the opportunity to decide. But I'm sure they're happy with their Super Bowl. So yeah. Um, yeah, I've I can't actually go back through and see who my lot the losses were to, but I know we opened with LA. I really like that game for a win. And then we played Detroit. I also like us to win that game as well, because I'm, as you remember from the North show, not as high on the Lions as I think some other people are. But we had a really, really we nailed another draft, which I was really happy about and we've had a good cut down day we were just talking about it just before we jumped on like i'm really happy with the 53 roster we put together I, it's pretty much the way i would have done it and i think a lot of people in the seahawks community feel that way as well we weren't sure about what was going to happen with the main guys were kobe bryant uh arty burns and the other one i'm forgetting damn i was talking about him earlier it might have been kenny mcintosh or someone like that or jake bobo i think it was jake bobo yeah <laughs> but um no, I think we we had a really good. They they all made the team. I think we put together a really really good list.
1: Yeah, I really like it. I I was, in a, in a way, I was actually hoping, uh, secretly, that Kobe Bryant wouldn't have made the fifty three because I would have loved to have seen him on Carolina just because I would have like. I really like. I really like Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, he was obviously in college. He was opposite Source Gardner, so yeah. you know he he. But he actually. You know, he was a sixth round pick, I believe, in last year's draft.
0: I'd have to bring that up. Can't
1: um, remember, but I, I really liked. I really like Kobe. I thought so. I'm glad that he made the team for your sake, but for my sake, I would have loved to have seen him on the Panthers if he didn't make the fifty three. But I really like what they've done with their team. I mean, bringing in um, Draymond Jones, Julian Love, Jaron Reed. You know, bringing those guys in to really solidify that defensive just, side of the ball
0: the the denver fodder we can and turning them into superstars
1: <laughs> exactly but like did. i i right. like i like what what they've done and even the the guys that you mainly lost in Rashard penny cody barton shelby harris like you yeah. know it's sort of it when healthy Rashad penny i do believe is one of the better running backs in the league like he just looks like if you if you dropped him in if if you dropped came from another planet and you sat down and you watched the game when Rashard Penny was healthy and you see him rush the ball 20 times and go for 170 yards, you'd be like, he's got to be the best player in the NFL. Yeah. But you just never, I think Seattle fans got so used to not having him in the side that it's not really as big a loss as what maybe it might, as
0: other people might think. I don't know about that. I was upset about losing Rashard Penny for sure. You know, you got to remember this. This is a team that's had high hopes for CJ Procise that just flamed out we had Thomas Rawls, who we thought could be a thing, but it flamed out. We tried to bring Marshall and Lynch back in his like sort of like golden years, and it was good, and it was like a nice novelty. Um, and then, you know, we, we've sort of been always been trying to find answers at the position for a while. We've got Kenny Walker, which I think everyone's really happy about, and we brought in Zach Charbonnet. I think, honestly, we brought in Zach Charbonnet mainly to take the load, like a heavy workload away from Ken Walker because... It's a lot to put on a second year player dj dallas is a nice sort of like third down kind of guy and maybe inside two minutes as well um and then we got kenny mack to spell all three of those guys but yeah i so i think that they're going to be like a really really good sort of one two punch combination so that's what we might have seen out of like um you know alvin kamara and mark ingram back in the day where they were sort of like that thunder and lightning tandem they are sort of stylistically very different players and I know that I I can't imagine Pete Carroll putting too much on Zach Charbonnet to begin the season as well. Wouldn't be surprised if, like, Ken Walker's the guy for the first sort of four to six weeks, and then they sort of spell him, then they bring in Zach Charbonnet. You know, this is a team that just wants to stay healthy, I feel.
1: Yeah. Um, we all obviously all know that Pete Carroll loves to to run the ball. So I think you've got – I actually really like the running back room as a whole just because of all the, you know, all the pieces that can be filled because even if you – you know, even if you happen to lose Ken Walker and yep. Charbonnet becomes your guy, well, you've got DJ Dallas there. you've got Kenny McIntosh, who can fill those roles. Like you've got pieces that can complement, and everyone can sort of, it feels like can step up into that next person's role. If they had to, if that makes sense, like, you know, if Charbonnet goes down, well, you sort of have confidence that DJ Dallas can step up into, or Kenny Mack can step up into that role.
0: Or if we lose one of these guys, we've got such good depth at the moment. Mm. In both positions. You know, the other thing is, like, the whole Pete Carroll loves to run the ball. I mean, Pete Carroll, honestly, like, he likes to run the ball as much as anyone else. Like, last season, we were the... its I can't remember the exact... We were somewhere between, like, 14th to 17th most run-heavy team. Like, we actually, in, in realistically, we're right in the middle of, of the NFL. Like, we were throwing the ball just as much. And I think that's because, you know, Gino gave Pete... Carol, a lot of like um, confidence in being able to do that. Whereas I don't feel like they feel like they could have done that with Russell Wilson in years past because, you know, there was always that risk of turning the ball over, which Pete Carroll hates Mm. um, during the the let Russ cook era. So yeah, I think we're in a, we're in a really good position, position at the moment, you know, just even some of the other guys that we brought in who are yet to play for the team, you know, like Julian love. I thought he was a great player on the giants. I'm stoked to have him on our team. Devin Bush, like, Mm doing you know he started off really hot in in pittsburgh and then he sort of like cooled for a while then i can see why he's not playing on the team anymore but he's one of those players who i think would thrive in the right team environment and i feel like that's where he is now as well um yeah, and-, and then jamal adams back as well is gonna be awesome i feel
1: and i think too the good thing with having Devin bush i actually skipped over one of the uh the additions or the the returns of bringing back bobby wagner like
0: yeah, of course. <laughs> if,
1: if if you're going to have Devin Bush, cuz if yeah. if people have forgotten too, Devin Bush was the 10th overall pick. Yeah. In the draft that he went in. So like he's he's got he obviously's got the talent there. It's just I think, yeah. you know, there was it was the Pittsburgh. They had so many other people there. I believe he had an injury at one stage, so you know, that put him back a little bit. So he just might be a guy who just needed to change scenery to reinvigorate and re unlock that potential, but
0: and think about the linebacker position, like the off ball linebacker position is like, it's hard to evaluate. Of mm. course, we evaluate Bobby Wagner and everyone knows he's amazing. And of course, Micah Parsons is amazing. Um, but like, think about even like a few years ago, Blake Martinez, great player for the Packers, went to the Giants because they could see he was a really, really great player. And then he just sort of flamed out. Like, linebacker, I feel like it's almost like the running back position. Like, it's a tricky one to evaluate and players come and go all the time unless you're just like the most star studded of stars.
1: Well, you think of it now. But one of the one that makes a, one of the best examples of this is Jalen Smith was a Pro Bowl linebacker in Dallas, yeah. And then he was he was cut after having a couple bad years, and then he was on the Giants, and then he was off the Giants, and then he was signed to the Saints. The Saints have just cut him on the cutdown day. So you know yep. he's a, he's another guy who, uh, before his injury in college, was being looked at as a first round talent, right? And started off really well. Within the NFL, and now he's almost one of those um those journeyman type of guys who all of a sudden you go oh I didn't realize he was on this team until he pops up and it's so you know it it is like you said it's 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 really hard to pick who's who's going to be good and who's not from that position unless you are a guy like a Micah Parsons or a you know Bobby Wagner for most of his career so um. That As you mentioned at the top, Seattle had a really good draft class again. I mean, you think back to last year's draft, we thought they struck gold by two starting tackles yeah, last year and then getting Tariq Woolen and, you know, Kenneth Wall. You know, so all these guys just kept piling through and you're like, wow, it's going to be hard for Seattle to top that again. Now, we obviously, we don't know because we haven't seen them play, but it yeah. sort of feels like, again, they've really hit on these talents that everyone like now, like I said, we're not sure because we haven't seen them play real NFL games yet, but based off of pre-draft stuff, Seattle hit a lot of these guys who everyone was so high on. So out of their draft picks, who were your sort of upper echelon, your favorite picks at from this uh this draft that's just happened?
0: So for sure, I mean, it has to be the first two picks. You know, when we did the draft live, like the De- Devin Witherspoon pick was, the, I didn't see that coming. I don't, I can't even remember at the time how, what your reactions were, but I, you know, we were all talking like, okay, we're going to go edge. You're going to go D line here. This is going to be a big step for us. Or were we going to go quarterback? I think had been like fluff, fluffed around if it was like a Will Levis type or something like that. But getting Devin Witherspoon was such a, a great call from the team and i feel like to pair him um you know with like it's it's i think it's kind of lifted people like kobe Bryant as well making the team to have pair him with like Tariq woolen quandary Diggs is back there trey brown can, is going to be there with julian love and the, the sort of the more veteran presence i feel like that's in a really good position to to, to thrive but man the, to, to be able to say like we have jackson smith and jake Brown on our team mm-hmm. having watched him at ohio state for so many years and seen him with Chris Alave and Garrett Wilson and all these guys who are absolute stars. And then you're looking at the box score, even if you just want to to watch the box score and he's got like the best stats of all of them. Like that fills you with so much confidence. And I've just seen on Twitter that he's back at practice already from his uh, wrist surgery. So he's practicing.
1: Yeah. And it, it honestly, it feels like now, as we said, there's, there's still time for, for everything to plan out pan out we haven't actually seen but jackson smith and jigba feels like one of those picks that in five years time we're going to look back on this draft the same way that we've looked back on that 2020 draft and went how did justin jefferson go 26th or 25th or whatever he went yeah it feels like that with jackson smith and jigba we're going to sit back on this time and go how did he fall there like what were people thinking
0: Yeah, I know it was lucky. It was a great call. And, you know, like you sort of think like, oh, did we actually is he actually like a a positional need that we that we needed? But that sort of like slot receiver, I think, is perfect for him, given that DK is just always, you know, screaming down the sideline. Tyler Lockett will he'll definitely be around for another year or two. But at the same time, you know, this is going to be great for him to pick up. And like I was saying before, the other receivers who made the team like. Drake Young, he was our seventh round pick last year. He's still kicking around. And apparently, like, there's really good things from him. Um, unfortunately, D. Eskridge has been suspended for some uh, domestic violence issues. So we won't see him. He's suspended for a while. So we, I think we won't see him for at least six weeks. But I'd be surprised if he even makes the team, given he's our second round pick from a few years ago. Mm. And I feel like say second round pick. <laughs> he's kind of just never became anything. But um even our tight ends, you know, like Noah Fant. I'm a really high guy on Noah Fant. Same with Will Disley, he's always been good. And even Kobe Parkinson was good last year. Gino really likes him. Like I just feel like everywhere we look, sort of at skill position, I'm really happy about our back seven, I'm happy about now. Look, how's that going to translate to the season? Cause I like they were good. They were they were good on paper last year. And then they were also at the same time sort of like historically bad last year. So we'll see what happens there. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited.
1: No, well, you've you've got them at eight. I've got them over. I actually, I really like this team. And if I think the big thing will actually, it'll all come down for me, it'll come down to Gino. Is this going to be Gino that we had from last year and how he plays? Or is this going to be one of those ones where, uh, as, as people say, like he turns back into a pumpkin yeah. and he goes back to, you know, but then so... I, I think I actually do think that Gino is going to be good again. So I think that they will actually, I think they'll finish second in the division. Uh, but I still think that they will be pushing for one of those wild card playoff
0: spots. Yeah. So that's basically where I have them. And then the other thing about that as well is like, I'm, like, I think I'm too high on the 49ers. We'll get to them in, in a sec. But like, I've got the Seahawks for nine losses. So just looking at where those will come from. You know, week five are against the Bengals. We're going to Cincinnati for that game as well. We've got to play the Browns and Steelers and the Ravens. So, you know, like we could very much get swept by those teams because you got to think about like last year, the A- the NFC South swept us. All teams The Falcons, <clears throat> uh, Bucks and Saints, they all beat us. Um, we've got to play the Eagles. We've got to play the Steelers. Like I was saying, Titans are in there. Like Cowboys, like there are some tough matchups in there outside of our divisional opponents.
1: Yeah. I don't, I don't have them being, I think I'm opposite of you. You have them eight, and nine, I was sort of thinking around that nine and eight sort of mark. Like I wouldn't be surprised for them to pull off one of those games, yeah. whether it be the Steelers or the Ravens, you know, one of those, I, I think they might pull one of those off, but yeah, I, I have slight, probably a slight over for the Seahawks this year and really looking forward to see how that team pans out for the season with the draft picks and, you know, how, how that all works out. And just to see Jackson Smith and Jigga in the NFL is going to be a fun thing to watch this year. So
0: for sure. And, you know, just to fit, to finish what we're talking about with Seattle, like making the playoffs last season, I was saying this on my show last week with Dan was, it was making the playoffs last year was such a surprise, you know, like with mm. hit- he's at with his Packers at the moment. You're sort of like, oh man, if we can piece like five wins together, that'd be great. You know, like this time last year, it was sort of like, we we're all just like, yeah, like if we can get the number one pick, sure, that'd be great. Then it, all of a sudden, halfway through the season, it's like, holy crap, if we can make the playoffs, that would be amazing. Mm. That happened, So I feel like we've got quite high expectations this season, but like, I, I and I'm, I'm dead set serious when I say this, NFC championship, that is sort of like as high as I think that we can take this team. Now, A lot of that depends on the rest of the NFC being the NFC, and it's not insanely competitive. Like when you think about the main teams we have to overcome are the 49ers, our divisional rival who we we have had the better part of for many, many years, although not recently. And then the Eagles and the Cowboys would be the tough ones as well. But outside of that, I think we can be competitive.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. And I think we can move now onto the team that you mentioned within your own division, the San Francisco 49ers who over under win total is 10 and a half wins. So I'm going to be interested to see where you, I believe you would have them as an over, but I'm curious to see how over you would have them.
0: I'm way over. And I would almost say like, I need to update this <laughs> projection thing that I've done. Cause I have not done that since uh, long before preseason. I have them at like 14 and three. So <laughs>
1: that wouldn't surprise me though.
0: Four, four wins coming from within the division right there. And then I mean the rest of their schedule, let's bring it up. I mean, it's going to be similar to Seattle's. Like, we've got to play the AFC North. And then that's where I kind of feel like the 49ers are probably in a more sort of equipped to do so. Now, having said that, week one, they play the Steelers. And I think I think the Steelers will actually win that game. Um, they do have some like better matchups against like Jags, for example. Um, but they also play the AFC East, uh, sorry the NFC East, with us. So they got the Eagles, Cowboys again. I'm um, just trying to see who are their different opponents from us. Yeah, they get they've got a game against the Vikings as well. So yeah, I kind of see them getting the better half of a, of a lot of those games that I don't think that we might. But I've got to adjust my expectations now that Trey Lance is gone.
1: Well, that, talking about Trey Lance, I think I actually think maybe their biggest loss is actually going to be Jimmy Ward. Oh yeah. Like I Jimmy think- Ward's a real, was a real integral part um, of that team, and I guess um, uh, Shahir, as he's Shahir, he's a Tennessee now. Uh, he's another big loss, but you know they, they bring in they bring in Javon Hargrave mm. to that already scary sort of you know that that defensive line. Now, obviously they they uh, they have they have like Nick Bosa and you know those sorts of. Those sorts of guys, but
0: um, they
1: just, um said, but you know, they got um, the, you know, Chris Kasurik is the uh, the defensive line coach there. And every time that someone appears like, oh, is this person ever going to live up to their potential? We don't think so. They get them at San Francisco and he turns them around. So they've got Cleveland Farrell there this year, yeah. So you know, it's just going to be some of those sorts of guys coming on that back end, that, yeah. You know, it'll just be interesting to see how they step up because, you know, they've they have lost a couple of like, you know, their defensive players. But that's that's when you to me, when I think of the San Francisco 49ers, I don't always think like my first thought is actually to that defensive line and how scary they are. And that defense, it's not always straight to Kyle Shanahan and his offensive mastermind. So it'll just be interesting to see how with a couple of those guys gone, how that's going to change their defense this year.
0: Yeah. And even think about like, you know, Telenoa, uh, sorry, Hufango, sorry. Um, like they sort of really struck lightning and bottle with him last season. I felt like he was playing out of his mind and way better than anyone expected. Now the Godfrey Greenlaw and Fred Warner. So, you know, mm. like, There's still that scary, the scary linebackers. And then they're, we'll see how they go in their backfield this time around. Um the one thing that i need to readjust my expectations of with the 49ers is mostly on the offensive side of the ball because like I know I, we we all know Kyle Shanahan is who he is. What happens if Brock Purdy isn't just not the guy? Hmm. Like it's that, a very real possibility.
1: Well and that's the thing. So you move uh you move on from Jimmy Garoppolo. So you you always knew what you had in Jimmy Garoppolo, like Kyle Shanahan's always had that. They spend a lot of draft capital to move up and select Trey Lance. Then he sits behind Jimmy G comes out in and gets injured. And we played one game in a monsoon and then got injured in the first quarter of the next game that he played. So that's when you have your Brock Purdy comes in. As you said, if Brock Purdy... Isn't the Brock Purdy of who he was towards that back end of last season because he's coming off a UCL injury. Yeah. Which is sort of very handy for a quarterback to have um properly working elbows and <laughs> and shoulders and things. But you know, then then now with Trey Lance gone, traded to, to Dallas, like it's Sam Darnold. We saw what Sam Darnold did in New York. But yeah. Saw yeah. what I know what Sam Darnold did in Carolina. He was he was better last season in the back end of the season when he came back from injury it's probably the maybe maybe the best Sam Darnold type of performances he's had in the NFL consistently because he was a pretty consistent quarterback over that stretch he wasn't a world beater but he was he was good enough to get Carolina wins and not make too many mistakes but
0: oh if if, if I came back in time and from like a month from now and said hey guys Sam Darnold's the starter and Brock Petty lost the job like is anyone surprised by that? Is like, is I don't find that shocking at all.
1: No, I think if if it was just if it was just oh Brock Purdy would was so bad that you might end up having someone go well you've got to tell us what happened there. Like it must have been the elbow. It must have been it must have been this because the other thing too is that the other part that I question a bit is their offensive line. Yeah, because they yeah. lose they lose Mike McGlinchey this year and they never they didn't really feel those like you know that that's been one of their things like they they seem to have had a really good offensive line the last couple of years but what happens if Trent Williams gets injured what happens if some of their their starters that they have now if they get injured what's going to happen to that Kyle Shanahan type of offense that run game with how they can utilize Christian McCaffrey Debo George Kittle Brandon Ayuk like how's that all going to work and then as you said, you know, if one of those offensive linemen gets injured and then um you have Brock Purdy being hit every which way from Sunday because that offensive line is like a sieve. Like you might see Sam Darnold be a starting quarterback by week four or week five. And what what happens to this the San Francisco 49ers from there?
0: And this is the thing about the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan is the only thing that's really stopped him is injury to date like it's it's almost like he he just sort of can't get out of his own way as it stands right now or i don't know what it is about that you know santa clara but yeah so season that would be phenomenal i just don't see it
1: and so like even you look at like in their draft their first two draft picks didn't happen until the third round because of the follow-on effects of the trey lance trade and of course and the christian mccaffrey trade to bring them in so their first pick was uh Jake Moody. Yeah, so they, they they traded up. Yeah, <laughs> they traded up to get a kicker, which you know even Kyle Shanahan admitted, like my friends are making fun of me for trading up to take a kicker in the third round. And then their next pick was Cameron Latu, who was a tight end. So you know, it's
0: having said that, like when it comes to positional need, is there a really positional need there for them? Like what is, would would they have fulfilled that we would have gone? Oh yeah, that that makes sense, or that's good. Or we we accept that. I don't know. I just feel like I always kind of just trust Carl Shanahan at this point, and I feel like um, John Lynch has lost the job of being able to draft people since Trey Lance.
1: So just looking at some of the guys who went after yeah. Jake Moody and Cameron Latu, so they had Makai Blackman. Yeah. Okay. So you know they. But they they could have had a corner there. Now I'm not sure what Makai Blackman's going to be like in the NFL, but one of the things is last year they had uh Diomedo Lenore mm. stepped up to to play really well for them in the season. But he's now the starter. Yeah. So it's one of those things like when you have a guy who's a maybe a bench guy or whatever who steps in and you know plays in that role really well and does really well and stands out, then yeah. when they come back the next season as the starter, is that then. Is there a different level that you're going to be looking at this player? Because you're like, well, last year you were a bench guy who stepped in and did so well, but now you're the starter. So now there's more pressure on you. There's more scrutiny of your game sort of thing. But yeah. so they had him, uh, Keely Ringo went afterwards, and Bennett, who's one of my favourite guys. Like He went to Las Vegas. This yeah. was after. They had um, Nick Soutaviri, who's an offensive lineman. Uh, Anthony Bradford who went to your Seahawks another offense you know what I mean like they could have there's some of these other I mean not that they needed it but you had um, Chandler Zavala went to Carolina. and now Zavala looks like with Austin Corbett on the the pup list so Zavala looks like he's going to be the starting right guard for the Panthers yeah so it's just some of these guys I mean you had Roshan Johnson was still there available um
0: I mean, so there's there there's lots of people. I Look, it is a weird thing to do, at least. So they weren't like Cleveland and, oh, no way. Who was the team that drafted the kicker were boasting about and then cut him? He didn't make the team. I think it was. Kate
1: York, yeah. Cleveland, <laughs> they just cut him.
0: So, you know, like at least it, like at least he looked good in preseason. Although I was watching them against the Chargers in preseason, apparently they didn't have a kicker because they were both injured. So that is a bit. <laughs>
1: it's just, I think, look, it, you know, as I said, a lot of this default ends up defaulting to in Kyle Shanahan we trust, and he's got his vision for the way he likes his his things to be done. But it's just, and, and I understand their their thought process of taking Jake Moody is because a lot of people had a fourth round, um, sort of a fourth round grade on him and listening to, like that sort of where listening back to the um, the live draft show that The Athletic did with Nate Tice, Robert Mays and Dane Brugler they both had him as the back end of the fourth, early fifth round sort of pick. Yeah, The 49ers didn't have a pick in the fourth round and their next pick was the back end of the fifth round. Yeah. So, you know, the I understand the, the thought process of trading up because they were obviously looking to move on from Robbie Gold. So it was moving up to get their kicker of the future, which I understand. But, you know, it's just, it's just one of those things that when you lose so much draft capital in making these moves for... Christian McCaffrey and Trey Lance and McCaffrey's gonna has worked out for them already. Like Christian McCaffrey is one of the best, if not the best running back in the NFL with his big playability and his versatility, but the Trey Lance trade to have that not pan out and then to have now they've traded him to Dallas and they got a fourth round pick back. And that was it is sort of, you know, it's trading. what did you mention at the other, the week, the, um the, the trade, what was the Trey Lance ended up being his trade and the picks that I'm ended up get
0: well, from it. Yeah. It was, it was Tyreek Hill. Hill, It was Bradley Chubb and they drafted Jalen Waddle with their pick that they got,
1: you know, that they, they not saying they would have been able to get Tyreek Hill, but just thinking, you know, if they were able to, have, if they had have stayed where they were yeah. and waited to see how that happened and you could have had Jalen Waddle, you know, to throw in that team or just, offensive line whatever it might have been because that was also the draft with Rachel and Slater. Yeah. You know, they just there was there was people around so it was just to not be able to utilize that full first round quarterback contract and already have sent him off to another team. It's it's not going it, to it's not going to bode well for the 49ers especially when they lose lose that draft capital. So, uh were there any other moves that you liked of the 49ers before we move on to the other teams?
0: Um not, look, again, like they're so crippled by their draft capital um, and their offseason moves were kind of limited. They've more or less have sort of like stayed the same. I guess the big one was Trey Lance from that. Yeah, I think like Shanahan just really wants to run it back. And I feel like this season, he's really going to get a chance to do it his way, the way he wants. I think they're going to really hope that there's not too many injuries to worry about. Uh, we'll probably see them back in the playoffs and the championship game. Uh, it'll, it'll be interesting to see who their opponent is. But like, hopefully, they uh, they fall apart
1: <laughs> for your sake.
0: <laughs> yes, sorry, Niners fans.
1: <laughs> so I, I with you though. I do have them as an over of ten and a half. I it, like if you tell me if you had gone in the future and you tell me you come back at this season and the 49ers went fifteen and two, I wouldn't be shocked. Like they they have so much talent everywhere else, so it wouldn't surprise me. But so moving on now to. The L.A. Rams, whose over-under win total is six and a half wins. So, Jr, what is your thoughts on the six and a half wins for the L.A. Rams?
0: Yeah, so I've got them four and 13, and I'm probably a bit too low on them, I do have to admit. um, I just, I can't see this team having a very good year on either side of the ball, really. Like, we're getting even now reports that Matthew Stafford, and I think this is from his wife's podcast show, that he's... He, they were saying that he's struggling to connect with all the young draft picks that they've brought in. Okay, so like that's fine. It's just a headline talking point. But apparently, he's been saying like he feels very old and he feels worn down. And I, I kind of feel like the the win of the Super Bowl hasn't quite worn off on them yet. Where they, I, I, I really feel like they've lost that fire to get back there, be competitive, win another Super Bowl. Um, and it kind of it kind of shows when you look at the team. Like they've got Aaron Donald, of course. They've got Cooper Cup, of course. But then you sort of start to patch it together and like, you know, NFL, it's a a team sport. You can't just sort of get by with sort of one or two guys here. I'm wondering, like, so let's look at their schedule to start for the Rams. So they start with the My Seahawks, of course. Then they play the 49ers. Then they play the Bengals. They'll have an interesting matchup against the Colts. But then they play the Eagles. Mm. Like that. They got a tough start to the season. Yeah. Um, they were really hampered by injury last season, I will say. So maybe things come back around for them there. But um, I find this team to get really hard to get really excited about, which I didn't have that problem in, in years past.
1: No. And it seems like there was obviously, there was talk in the offseason that Matthew Stafford may be retiring. There was talk that maybe Sean McVay was going to go to TV. So it sort of seems like they've kept enough guys or a couple of the big names around long enough just to try and keep Sean McVay there to see what he might be able to do and rebuild that team. But
0: I think the thing keeping him there is the thought that they might land Caleb Williams.
1: Yeah. That's it's, Got a
0: for the next five years to keep him entertained.
1: Yeah. And I mean, there, when you look as well in their their off season moves, I went to try and look at, so where I've been getting a lot of this ESPN, during at the end of the major part of free agency had marquee additions and marquee subtractions that they were going through and they're looking and you look at their subtractions and it's jaleb ramsey bobby wagner leonard floyd are their main their marquee subtractions when you go and you look at their marquee additions it literally comes up and says none there was no
0: is the only one i can think of
1: yeah like it's yeah like i was trying to who else? Yeah, that's the thing. It's... Oh, John
0: Johnson's back from Cleveland. I like yeah, John, John Johnson down in Cleveland, but he was always good on the Rams.
1: But you know, it's it's even like some of their their fringe guys, like Troy Hill, who went back and was a good slot corner for them. He's in Carolina now. It's yeah. you know they, they've lost. Uh, Greg Gaines is in Tampa Bay. Like he was another good guy on the defensive line who in that Super Bowl year was a really handy piece next to Aaron Donald. It's sort of, you know, they, they've, lo- they've lost these guys, but you know, they've, and I think they've been one of those teams too, who has been hamstrung by their, their, I guess, had the ability to, I, the less need F them picks,
0: like, <laughs> you know, it's more, it's the future. And as Bill, Pel- I was reading Bill Belichick was saying, or maybe like, this is just headlines. He might not have said this. But um, he looks at like teams like the Rams now and what they've done and how uncompetitive they are now. And he, he says like he doesn't want any part of that.
1: Mm. Well, I mean, you know, they, they made – and I think if you were to ask the Rams, they would do that trade um, 10 times out of 10 in Goff and two first-round picks for Matthew Stafford. They would do that because it got them the Super Bowl.
0: Yeah, of course, yeah.
1: But then they obviously weren't expecting to finish so bad last year that their pick – ended up being the sixth overall pick to the Lions, who then were able to maneuver around and ended up with Jameer Gibbs. Right. As that, that pick.
0: So, you know. um... Even they cut down today. So their quarterbacks going into the season will be Matthew Stafford and Stetson Bennett. And that's it. Mm. Like Stetson Bennett is starting games this year in the NFL. He is. Matthew Stafford is not playing 17 games.
1: I would be awfully shocked if Stafford starts all 17 games.
0: So what kind of, what are we talking about here? Like this is a team that realistically the Arizona Cardinals, who everyone says is absolute garbage. The Arizona Cardinals could beat this team. I'm trying to say like, do they play the Texans at all this year? They don't damn. That would have been a good matchup as well. It, it's so hard to predict. Like they could go either way. They could be competitive in a few games. I think that the season will, will sort of catch up with them quite quickly.
1: Yeah. Uh, and, I think like I liked a couple of their um well their their draft picks like I like Kobe Turner who was their a defensive tackle they picked in the third round Steve Avila was their second round pick and
0: one sort of pick that I think is good that I like
1: yeah um I, I mean,
0: mean I also really like sorry
1: I mean like you said Stetson Bennett was their quarterback but you know if he happens to step in and give them I guess that. Competent backup, sort of thing moving forward. Like, that's not the worst pick in the world. And especially, too, because it was a fourth round pick. It's not as if they spent, you know, a second or a first round pick getting Stetson and Bennett. And, you know, so it's just,
0: but yeah.
1: my, my favorite pick of theirs was um, Puka Nakua. Yeah. Okay. So, so I, I actually, I really like Puka Nakua. I think he's going to be a really good player. Um,
0: yeah. Out of necessity, though, more than anything. Else. Yeah.
1: And I think, in a way, too, the him being drafted. To the Rams might have actually worked out in his favor for his career going forward because there is no one really there.
0: Yeah. Like um,
1: it, it's him and Cooper Cup. Like, that's the, the, and Van, like, I mean, Van Jefferson's there.
0: He'll be good. And they really like Ben Skoranek as well. I think that they also do want to get Tutu out well, more involved finally. I mean, you got to remember he was a second round pick a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and then they have brought into Marcus Robinson as well, who I think they like, and I think that we we'll, might get some usage as well. So it, 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 yeah, I know what you mean though, but the the low key um, pick that I actually really liked from the draft was Zach Evans. Yeah. And he was sort of getting a, a lot of love from like fantasy people late in like February, sort of around the combine time because he was a five-star recruit coming out of high school. Now he's sort of like lost a lot of stock through college and through injuries and things like that. And then he lost a lot of draft capital as well. But, I think he's landed in a really good spot. I don't think that Sean McVay is completely tied to Cam Akers, like the way people sort of say he is. I don't think that that relationship. Again, I think a lot of what the Rams are doing are mostly out of just necessity. Like, oh well, we need a running back. You may as well stay. <laughs> like you
1: know. Well, I mean, and even last year, if if people cast their minds back twelve months, Cam Akers asked to be traded. He was told to stay away from the team, and they couldn't find a trade partner for him.
0: People have just forgotten that.
1: And then and then he came back and he started getting more use like he started getting more touches. It's that joke that they've been saying on the ringer about every time he tried to quit he got promoted and then you know he's
0: Feinfeld yeah, um, yeah.
1: so yeah I, I, I'm in, in agreement with you I it's it's hard like they seem like they've got enough like they're, they're good players are like really really good upper echelon sort of guys. It's just the, I guess the thing is like, are those guys going to be, what's the word? Are those are those upper echelon guys going to be so good that they pull out a few more wins than what a lot of people are expecting just because of that connection with Stafford and Cup. And, you know, we even saw last year, like Cooper Cup was on pace to absolutely obliterate the record for number of catches by a wide receiver in a season. Yeah. just because Matthew Stafford was just going to target him the entire time. Like he was just, so, you know, that, that could happen again this year. Like that's where a lot of people in the fantasy world are so high on Cooper Cup because Matthew Stafford just might funnel every single pass to Cooper Cup and see what happens from there. But they will be an interesting team this year to see where they go. I, I think they're around that six-ish win mark at best, I think, but.
0: Yeah, look, I think that they'll probably get more than four wins like I've projected, Um, so I should update this, but I can't see it being too many. But I can also see them being the worst team in the NFL, so yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, speaking of the other team, which a lot of people have said might be the worst team in the NFL, is the Arizona Cardinals, whose over-under win total is four and a half. Uh, their, I guess their, their main loss is they lose Zach Allen and Byron Murphy, but their biggest loss really is going to be that Kyler Murray is uh, uh, still on the uh, the pup list at the moment, so we know that he's not going to be there for the first four games. Yeah. It looks like they, they, they've obviously, in cut-down day, they've released Colt McCoy after they traded for Josh Dobbs, and so they've got Josh Dobbs Clayton Tune as their two quarterbacks for this yeah. year, but
0: And also, uh, I was going like, DeAndre Hopkins was their other big sort of lector. Yeah. I think that that was the right thing to do. I, I keep hearing that Buda Baker wants out of Arizona as well, so they might lose him. And did you mention uh, Isaiah Simmons to the Giants?
1: No, I I forgot to mention. So he was just traded recently for, was that a sixth round pick?
0: No, I think, um I thought it was higher than that. I thought it was more like a fourth or a fifth. but
1: Something like that, but.
0: Having an absolute well, buyer sale there in Arizona.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I think, I think, um, Buda Baker has made it known that he wants to get out of Arizona because they do appear to be on the, I guess, the tank for Caleb Williams type of, or at least that first pick. Because if they do decide to keep Kyler Murray, that's where they may auction off to the highest bidder that first, re- that first overall pick if they happen to get it. But, um, I don't have a lot to say about Arizona, to be honest. I liked what they did in the draft by getting mm-hmm. Paris Johnson, um, BJ O'Gillari, I like, but I like the fact that they were able to move around and accumulate so many draft picks for next year's draft, because when you, when you are sort of, I guess devoid of talent is probably the word you, you need as many darts to throw at the dartboard as possible. So if you can load up on, even if it's third round picks, what they've got in next year's draft, like, We've seen in years past, so there's a lot of quality guys who come out of that third round. So if you could just load up and just try and pick as much talent up as possible in that draft. Like, I like that idea from them, what they've done, because it's just, okay, we might not be good, but we're going to try and see what we can pull off next year and then go from there. So... You got any thoughts on the Arizona Cardinals?
0: Yeah, it's, uh, the thing I do find most interesting about them is for a team that we hang so much shit on at the moment, like their best attribute has been the drafts. The draft's just gone and the draft that will come. Like they've got Carolina's pick and Bryce Young, by all accounts, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. We don't know what we're going to see out of Carolina. There's a chance that they might not be very good. There's a chance that Cardinals might have two top 10 picks. So they've got a lot of power there. Like you're saying, they they're letting go of all their sort of, not veteran talent, but all their sort of like playmakers are on their way out, aside from Buda Baker, who's still there, and Kyla Murray's still there. They brought in LJ Collier from Seattle, which I think, again, it's just like all these guys who are just kind of like nothing. They're nothing guys. But if you look at their draft, for example, like like you were saying, like Paris Johnson was a great pick for where they were. BJ Ojalary, I had him as a first round grade. We were saying on on draft night, I thought he would go in the first round, but he mm. did. Michael Wilson was a good pick out of Stanford. He's a good wide receiver. He's a big body as well. So for a team that's got a bunch of little guys, he'll be a nice sort of uh, big body in that receiver room. And then Clayton Toon, you know, like I've been talking about him a lot, but in all seriousness, round five pick for, you know, PFF's highest graded quarterback, not bad at all. I think he could be good. I think he'll definitely be starting some games. We don't know if they're gonna he's gonna start week one, having said that. It could be Josh Dobbs, who I heard he has a good relationship with the offensive coordinator who has just slipped my mind for now. Uh Drew Petsing. Mm. And um, yeah, week one against the commanders, they've got to go to Washington. I think it might be like a good place to start. I know that they're seven-point dogs in that game, and that's not a great thing that you want against Sam Howell and his sort of like first start of. 2023 but um you know like they play the texans they could <clears throat> win the game they could beat the rams they can beat the commanders week one you know crazy as shit has happened it's not you know this time last last year we would have been saying like oh my god the 49ers get to go to chicago and smash the bears and the bears won that game like stranger things have happened here speaking of the cardinals play the bears as well so like that could conceivably be another win and then they kind of just need one of these like tougher matchups. Like it's football, man. Like football is a crazy sport. Something could fall their way. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, like there's a lot of good, like Caleb Williams. Okay. He's awesome. There's a lot of really good quarterbacks in this draft class coming up, you know, like Drake may very good. They might have a high, like some teams might have a higher grade on Drake May than they do. Caleb Williams. Now that might be right now. I don't think that'll be the case at the end of the season, but then, you know, there's Michael Penix, there's Sam Hartman. There's lots of really good players. Like Bo Nix might just sort of, suit there often, so we'll see um the only other thing i'll say about them is the jonathan Gannon hire i'm finding very hard to get excited about i don't know about you
1: yeah i i think it sounds bad that most people whenever i've spoken to them about what are your thoughts on um ganon and Everyone's first thoughts is that um, behind the scenes video where he met Rondell Moore and everything. He's like, you know, did the shots explosives? pew pew pew. Like that's the, that's everyone's first thought on him.
0: Sort of doing his best. um, I'm trying to think of uh, the guy from succession. Um, He really reminds me of Kendall, Kendall Roy, Kendall Roy. Yeah. (laughs) And like, He has that thing about him, you know, like some people have been saying that um, the thing about when he was on the Eagles is Howie Roseman was sort of, you know, sort of like, hey, here's my credit card. Go and spend it because I want to go to the Super Bowl. Mm. And he brought in such supreme talent. And I think he was on the Colts before then, right?
1: Yeah, I'm not sure, actually. I can't remember.
0: But um, like, so even, even with that being said, like the Eagles had a really good defense, but they had a good defense because they had a lot of talent. They didn't necessarily have a good defense because of anything that I think Jonathan Gannon was particularly doing. And even you got to remember in that sort of first season that he was their defensive coordinator, like they got to the playoffs, but they got the playoffs because of their offense, right? Because they had Jalen Hurd, because they had AJ Brown, because they had Devonta Smith and all like these like really key pieces. And then a lot of good pieces on defense. So I'm, I know that we, when we first started potting together, we were sort of saying like, oh yeah, Shane Steichen, you know, he's on the hot seat cause he's got his guy and he's on his way out. And then I, I felt like Jonathan Gannon was in a better position because none of these players are his guy. He can clean house if he wants to. But like eventually in a few years, like the, the check will come due and they're going to have to start winning games. And I, I wonder if they will.
1: And the other thing is too, usually I would get there and say, you know, with, Gannon he's got a couple of years to try and pick his guy and whatever and pick his guys and his team but as we've seen the last couple of years like Urban Meyer only lasted didn't even last the whole season we saw Nathaniel Hackett last year only last one year as head coach so teams are now more willing to move on from coaches if they don't look like they're going to meet their expectations so you know, I'm not saying that's going to happen to Jonathan Gannon, but it's it's one of those things that you're going to have to look at now to sort of go, well, some of these people aren't as patient anymore with the coaches in the first year. And if they don't look very good, they won't be there for too long at all. So
0: that and would I be it. a few good head coaching options at the end of this season. Like I think Ben Johnson's going to be up there. Dan Quinn eventually will probably want some sort of coaching position. And then there's, other, there's plenty, plenty of other guys Around a- the league, who are going to be in really good positions. So, yeah.
1: Ajiro Evero could be on Everett. his way out of Carolina. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's where me as a Carolina fan saying like they, they put together this great cast of coaches, but they're also very aware that come the end of the season, half of these guys could be gone. Like someone might like, someone might like Josh McCown as an offensive coordinator role. So he could be gone. Or someone might, I mean, you know, Josh McCown interviewed with the Texans a couple of years ago. So, yeah. You know, it nothing would surprise me in the NFL anymore. It seems like so. So I think now we can move on to the AFC. So we'll start with another team in LA, in the Chargers. The Chargers lose Drew Tranquil and Carl Van Noy, and they had this year who retired at I think he was twenty five or twenty six. He's retired. He just sort of, he was a really good safety. Their main, I guess, additions I've got here on this were Eric Kendricks. My question is, so their over-under is nine and a half wins. So I've got two questions for you. One, what's your thoughts on their over-under win total? But two, do you think that the off-season turmoil with Austin Eckler will have an effect on him and how that team maybe gels throughout the season because he was given permission to seek a trade, couldn't find it and he stuck around. So yeah. What are your thoughts on those, the over-under win total and the Austin piece and the, the, some of the other changes that have happened in um, LA this year?
0: Yeah. Well, I feel like you buried the lead with the uh, off season additions. I mean, the biggest one for them is not even going to be on the field. He's going to be on the sideline in Kellen Moore, like, I think that's probably got to be one of the most exciting parts for them. They brought in Corey Lindsley from Green Bay. Was that was this season, right? And Eric. King, uh, no,
1: that was a couple seasons ago. So he's been there for a couple seasons now.
0: Yeah. Um, Sebastian Joseph Day. I'm pretty sure was that this season?
1: Uh I think that was last season as well, like the start of I need to update my
0: notes. Um, so to answer your second question, Austin Eckler, look, he is probably like I think we all rate him really highly because we love him for fantasy. Um, I am not sure that he is a key cog in the wheel. Um, I think that like, I I'm a true believer that, you know, it's really important to establish a really like fundamental solid run game. Austin Eckler, Joshua Kelly, Isaiah Spiller. Elijah Dodson, That to me is not a solid foundational running back room. Um, having said that, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Quinton Johnson, Josh Palmer, uh, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham—like these guys, these are really good receiving room. So I, I, I know that they're going to want to get back to being sort of like a, a run-heavy team because they were so pass-heavy again out of necessity. But they didn't really address the position. They, they, you know, Austin Eckler wanted more money, didn't get it. They said go test the market. Is that, is he annoyed about that? Sure. Um, That's not enough to gonna, you know, that's not going to be enough to to stop him playing football. Um, And I think that the charges will still be good. So I've got them second in the division. I've got them going 11 and six. So potentially making the playoffs four and two in their own division. Again, it's the same thing with the NFC West. Like there's two very, very good teams. And then there's two not so good teams at this stage. So they kind of sneak through through advantage of that. I think they're going to be way healthier than they were last year as well. Hopefully they can stay healthy. Um, Yeah, I've got like and the, the, the main thing for me with this team is Brandon Staley has to do well. He has to win. Otherwise he's gone
1: yeah there was there was talk that maybe brandon staley might have been gone at the end of last year for how how the season finished especially being up was it 24 nil or 27 nil in that playoff game against jacksonville it was wasn't it Or 27 7 or something
0: it was something like that yeah
1: but you know so that there's that but there's also the fact too that this team really is all in for this year and and because you look at they've they've restructured the contracts of guys like Keenan Allen, Joey Bosa, Khalil Mack, like they've pushed that, they're pushing that money further down the road. Well, yeah. as you, as you mentioned before, like that check's going to come due soon
0: Yeah,
1: and you need, and like Mike Williams and, you know, they've just re-signed Justin Herbert to his massive extension. Now, you know, they, they've been able to bring these guys in over the last couple of years because Justin Herbert's been on his rookie contract. Once that starts to change over to the...
0: Yeah, those days will be over soon.
1: Yeah, once that changes over, that makes it then harder to... I mean, it, people teams still do it, but there's a lot more cap wiggle room that they have to manoeuvre around to get these guys in to try and do that. So to me, this seems like they're, this is their, their all-in sort of... This could potentially be their last year of being all-in just based off of what might happen come the end of next season. because. Mm-hmm. These guys that we mentioned that they've restructured their contracts are getting older. Yeah. Whether they'll keep them around or if they decide decide to cut bait and move on, especially if if Brandon Staley doesn't make it through the year and someone else comes in and he becomes the guy, you know, they might want to pick their own guys. But yeah, I did I did bury the lead a little bit in the upgrade of the OC from Joe Lombardi to Kellen Moore. So that yeah. will be interesting to see how that plays out.
0: In your mind, what what is the scenario where Kellen Moore – sorry, not Kellen Moore, Brandon Staley doesn't get fired? Uh, game? Uh, Going a bit further? It would
1: have to be – you have to
0: – You know what I mean? Like if they lose – if they make the playoffs, that's fine. But I feel like if they lose another playoff game, he's gone.
1: I think if you – if they can get them – if he can get them – so they have to win their first playoff game. Yeah. And they either have to get – even – so let's just say that they do finish second in the division. They end up in the wildcard game. So to me, they've got to win the wildcard game that they play. And then they need to, if they don't win the next round, like the divisional games, it would have to be like a, a close sort of game. So you know how we've seen the last couple of years, like the the Bills-Chiefs, the 13-second game where the Chiefs went down 13 seconds, yeah. they win in overtime. If they lose to a game like that in, in say the second round or the AFC championship game, Brandon Staley keeps his job. But if they don't make the playoffs or if they get into the playoffs and they're out round one, what do they do there? Like,
0: I don't know. I think that the one, like I don't see him losing his job through the season. They start with the dolphins. I think that they could win that game. They go to Tennessee. Then they play the Vikings, the Raiders, Cowboys, and then they've got some divisional matchups, but they've got the bears as well. So, like they've got some very winnable games through the season as it starts out. I re- The thing I like most about the Kellen Moore hire is it's like, Kellen, you focus on the offense. That's you. Mm-hmm. That's what you do. Let And then it gives Brandon Staley a chance to just completely focus on this defense. Like hopefully Asante Samuel can take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Hopefully Derwin James can be the guy that they drafted him to be and that they've always sort of really wanted him to be. Like, I think he's always been a fine safety. He just needs to stay healthy needs to stay healthy i think jc jackson who i think he might still be injured i'm not entirely sure but they brought him in to be a really key cog in this wheel they got joey bursa eric kendricks i kind of think he was a whatever player in in um minnesota i didn't think too much of, of him khalil mack is still there though he can make a huge impact um yeah i think that this defense is primed to be strong and they were strong over the last few weeks of the season outside of that playoff game
1: the The only way that Brandon Staley goes during the season and is fired as coach, if they happen to be two and six, and they've got a fully healthy team, like if if everyone's fully healthy, but yeah. you get there. If you get there, week eight, week nine, and you sit there and you just everyone's watching, going, "What is this team like? They were they were a playoff team last year, and now they don't look like they could beat, you know, SMU in like if they were playing SMU in a game, like you know." That's that's a that's a way that I could that's about the only way that I could see that Brandon Saley would be gone during the year.
0: What do you think of either my comments on Austin Eckler or the running back room or like would you like how would you answer your question that you put forward?
1: I think that Austin Eckler is I think the drop-off between Austin Eckler and Joshua Kelly. Now Joshua Kelly's had a, a much better um training camp preseason, and they think that he may be hitting that sort of mark where they were they were hoping that he was going to be when they drafted him um Isaiah Spiller as well like I think there's a a big um improvement in in well in in their play like the the backup sort of to Austin Eckler because as Austin Eckler has mentioned previously that all he's been looking for is a decent running back who can come in and spell him and pick up protections and that's why he's had to play so much in the last previous years is because they couldn't trust the other running back. so if you're able to spell him that little bit more you might actually get a bit more out of Austin Eckler than what he's been able to show like so he might you know he's he's producing because of volume he now might be able to produce on less volume but more explosives if he's able to get more rest sort of thing yeah. but I think he might have a pretty deep I think and maybe Joshua Kelly too they might have more important roles in this team just based off of Kellen Moore if we can try and extrapolate what he did in Dallas with having the two running backs in Zeke and Tony Pollard
0: yeah he's if he huge difference between Zeke and Pollard and Eckler and Josh Kelly yeah
1: but I think I think like if he can try and bring those same sort of concepts yeah over then you might see you know that running back room, but I think the good thing is too. There's actually I know that they don't necessarily have the greatest amount of salary cap space, but there is still guys out on the open market that they can go and pick up during the season if they need to to help. Kareem yeah. Hunt's still a free agent. Leonard Fournette's still a free agent. like they've. Yeah. I'm not saying that these guys are world beaters anymore, but they're still quality players, so they're still out there. So if they need them, they're there. So you know it'll just be interesting to see what happens during the season for them.
0: And just lastly, on their draft class, how do you rate the first round pick, Quinn Johnson?
1: Um, I I struggle a bit with him.
0: Yeah, because so so do I, right? And I struggled with him. Like I know he was impressive last year at TCU, but like some of the competition he was playing against, you can see why he was so easily able to dominate them. Now, I understand that what they needed is the opposite, is the exact inverse of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, who are elite at catching the ball, but the yards after the catch just isn't there. And that's what Quentin Johnson does specialize in. Mm. I think it might take him a while to get going, is my thing.
1: Yeah, it's it's really difficult. He he was always my biggest when I was looking at guys in the draft. Like I I like his talent and what he could be, but mm. he's also very hard to try and figure out, you know, his role within this, this offense. Like like you said, it's the complete opposite of what um Keenan Allen, Mike Williams are in terms of what he can do. But it's also one of those things. It, I don't know. It's really hard. You can't quite put your finger on the exact wording as to why you're like. <laughs>
0: no, that's exactly how I feel. It's like, there's just something like, I know he can go up, he can catch the ball he can get it in space. He's a fine route runner. Like there's nothing wrong with his route running, but there's just something about him.
1: It's it's that- like, I always remember as a, as a kid, um, when you used to climb up, the trees and stuff like that and you'd be up quite high and then all of a sudden you'd look down and you'd get that uneasy feeling and you're like <laughs> I got up here I'm perfectly fine I can climb back down but you just had that thought at the back of your mind where you're like yeah oh, it's, it's a similar sort of thing like I'm sitting there I'm like I like his talent, I like what he could do I like how he could do this but then yeah. there's just something at the back of your mind going what is it? I can't quite put my finger on it. What it actually is that makes me hesitate on pulling the trigger and saying, yeah, he's, he's the guy, like he's their guy that they need sort of thing. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I I think like you, I think the charges are going to go over that nine and a half. in total that we have them there. So uh, move on to the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, Obviously losing Derek Carr, Darren Waller uh, this off season bringing in Jimmy G, Marcus Epps from Philly, and Jacoby Myers, who has already scored a touchdown for the Las Vegas Raiders last year when he was playing on New England with his beautiful <laughs> lateral to Chandler Jones for the... um.
0: Uh, I didn't know where you are going with that. That's excellent. Actually... <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: uh, but, I uh, mean, Las Vegas' is over-under win total, 6.5. I struggle to see them get to the over, that 6.5 wins. I struggle to see them get to 7. But what about you? What's your thoughts on the Raiders?
0: Um, now this is the one team that I must just be completely wrong on. I need to yeah, I really need to do tractors out again. because <laughs> I, I had them going one in sixteen. Uh now I don't think that they're a completely one in sixteen team, obviously, but man, I think that these wins for them, they're gonna be a dime a dozen. They've gotta play the Broncos, they've got to play, I mean, the AFC West and that defense, they've got to play the NFC North. So they'll play the Packers and the Bears, the Vikings. The Lions, look, they should win some games there. They've got to play the Jets. They've got some tough tough matchups there Um, and the Colts as well. So, yeah, look, I, if you said to me, like, I I honestly think with the preseason that Aiden O'Connell has been having, the quarterback out of Purdue, who's done really, really well. I know he's listed behind Brian Hoyer on the depth chart at the moment. I honestly believe that he starts some games this year, whether that's through Jimmy G getting injured or... I don't want to say not playing well, because I think Jimmy G is a good player. Like, I think I don't think it's just all Kyle Shanahan luck that he's played in the Super Bowl and he's taken the team to those sort of like elite heights, not saying Jimmy G is elite. <laughs> Let's be clear about that. But um, yeah, I just think that this team has just always been sort of like sticky taped together, if that mm. makes sense. They've got good pieces. They've got f- fundamental foundations there, like players like, you know, Max Crosby. Fantastic player. Chandler Jones is there this season. Like, I think he, he'll he'll be good. Marcus Peters has come across. Like, they've got players who are, like, these great names. But then they've got Divine Diablo. Like, so what? Like, Jerry Tillery. So what? Like, these are players from other teams that have just never sort of been anything. This secondary, it just feels like it's nothing. It's like Nate Hobbs, David Long from the Rams. Like...
1: Yeah, it's, it's one of those things. Like, they've got... <laughs> Maybe the best or second best wide receiver in the NFL in Devonte Adams. Like he's he's still there. So you've got Jimmy G's got his target. He's he can he can throw to. Yeah. Uh, I think describing Jimmy G is using I think is a uh, using a uh, Robert May's quote. He's he's a perfectly fine quarterback. Yeah. He's he's not he's not great. He's not poor. He's just perfectly fine. He's that middle of the road sort of type of quarterback who you can put in and try not to make terrible rookie mistakes, sort of thing. But my my thought process on them is: I mentioned it on the Saturday air when we did the take take purge preseason thing that Jacory and Bennett is an outside um, for uh, defensive rookie of the year, just yeah. based on the fact that I think that they he, he they could be on the field a lot. Like the defense could be on the field a fair bit, just because yeah. I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that offense. But I mean, we've seen Josh Jacobs has now come back to the team. Josh Jacobs is back after his mini holdout that he had. Uh, he signed a one year deal, but
0: it, it, that, that's a huge piece for them.
1: Yeah, it's just going to be interesting though. Like this is another team who, in a way. Reminds me of the Rams. They've got pieces, but then at the same time, they also sort of feel like they're in a rebuild at the same
0: time. They they always feel like they're in a really competitive rebuild. Mm. Like like this draft class, first round pick. So Tyree Wilson, Mm. great player. Do they need him? Second round pick, Michael Mayer, fantastic player. Do the Raiders need him? Hmm. Young Trey Tucker, Jacorian Bennett, like you were saying, okay, so that's good. Aiden O'Connell has proved to be good, but these guys, it's like, oh yeah, they picked some really good guys. Those guys are really good, but then you look at their team and like, but wait, is the team good now? Like, are they better?
1: Yeah, it's it. They're they're a hard team to to figure out. I I'm like you. I have them under six and a half. I don't think they'll get. They will get to six. Like I'm sort of thinking more in that three to five ish sort of range this season. But um, yeah, they're, they're they're just a just a difficult team. So
0: yeah, look, their winnable games will be against the Colts, assuming they're not le- injured late in the season. Bears, we don't know how they're going to go. Packers could be winnable, um, and then I suppose they have to win something in their division. So
1: <laughs> not necessarily they, might...
0: <laughs> they are competitive.
1: Yeah, so we'll move on to the defending Super Bowl champions, the Kansas City Chiefs, who lose. Uh, well, actually, first, their over-under is 11.5 wins. They, their main losses, they lose Orlando Brown Jr., who's gone to Cincinnati. Frank Clark has left. Juju Smith, Smith-Schuster Smith has left as well. Their big ins really were Charles who, which he's actually going to be on the uh, suspended list for the first six games um, as part of a domestic violence uh, issue that happened while he was with the San Francisco 49ers. Jawan Taylor. Who they signed from Jacksonville, who by all reports was actually going to be signed to play their left tackle position, and then they, once all the dust settled of major free agency, they're actually able to sign um, Donovan Smith from Tampa Bay to play left tackle. So it looks as if they're going to keep John Taylor on that right in that right tackle spot. Uh, so Kansas City over under eleven and a half wins. What's your thoughts on that, John?
0: Yeah, so you're not going to believe this. I've got them going over. Um, I've got them going 14 and three. And look, I can see a world in which they sort of take a semi-step back. But I also said last year that I could see a world in which they take a slight <laughs> step back, and they basically did anything but that. They won a Super Bowl, and well, you know Patrick Mahomes was MVP. So you know, can't ever count them out. This is a just. A really good team with really, really good pieces everywhere. Um, This is a team that has... Did I hear they have like the youngest defense or the second youngest defense in the NFL? And that yeah, last...
1: La- last year they were the second youngest defense in the NFL, and they're going to be the second youngest defense in the NFL this year.
0: Yeah, who cares? doesn't matter. They're the Chiefs. They're Andy, they've got Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And nothing, nothing matters. They're just like... A the, the black hole just sailing through the NFL, you know, galactical vortex of just sucking everyone up and destroying everything in their path. Like, it doesn't and- matter that the top three wide receivers on the depth chart right now are Marcus De- Valdez-Scanling, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. Like, who cares? they got Travis Kelsey. Um, Low-key, but, like, they've got some fantastic players on defense as well. Legereus Sneed is honestly one of my favorite players in the league. I love watching him. Trent McDuffie was a great pick last season. He played really, really well in his first season. Jalen um, Watson was there. He played really well for him as well. Yeah, exactly. George Carl Loftus, I thought, was good in in pieces as well. Willie Gay is a great player. Nick Bolton's a great player.
1: Nick he- Bolton played fantastic in that Super Bowl. He was he could have been up there for um, Super Bowl MVP. He played that well in that game.
0: Yeah, insane. Even like. And then it's like how, like, they're never in a, a particularly good position to draft well or to draft like elite players, but they somehow always do really well. Like, first round pick, Felix uh, Inaduke Zama, he's a really good pick for them. Like, Rashi Rice, ah, I don't know, like, he he might be good. Like, he's he's had a tough preseason, even though he has sort of been a centerpiece. But um, yeah, I, like, I think that they, all things considered, put together a good draft
1: and i think too one of their big uh I, one of their big things going to be this year is actually uh he did make the 53 man roster is justin ross right talent alone he was, should have been a first round pick talent alone he had some pretty rough medicals which actually made him to become an undrafted free agent who injured himself in preseason last year was out for the entire season he has looked fantastic in this preseason and he's actually
0: um i think he was on the NFL list because of his college injury carried over until into the NFL season.
1: Yeah, so he, but he, um,
0: his preseason just gone. Do you mean
1: uh the pre like last season? So he, but you know he's um, so he's there. Like he he's been playing with the ones in the preseason. So they were obviously very high on him. And Patrick Mahomes has been seeing his praises all off season. It doesn't um, matter who
0: they. Like imagine, like imagine your like college and NFL career. You go from from Trevor Lawrence to Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> like,
1: the thing is, when you look back at his talent in that team, he was the best wide receiver on that Clemson national championship team, and that team had I mean, teams.
0: Pro and uh, similar.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he on that team when he was at Clemson with uh, Trevor Lawrence. Like you look at that team, they had Trevor Lawrence, they had Travis Etienne. Yeah. But the the wide receivers on that team were T Higgins and Hunter Renfro.
0: Yeah, that's who I was thinking. Yeah.
1: And, and he, he was the- he was the best of them. Like he is super talented. He's just had these terrible injuries. But I think the the biggest thing for me at the moment is Chris Jones. Yeah. He got some votes last year for defensive player of the year. Uh he is actually saying that he is willing to, he's got enough, he's made enough money and he's actually mentioned this. He's made enough money. He'll sit out games this year.
0: He's he doing. Wants, it. He's yeah. already losing the money. Like he must listen to the athletic football show because he's like, man, I'm fucking good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but he's, good. he he pretty much he's, um he's willing. And he's already, yeah, as you mentioned, he's already losing money. He wants a, by the sounds of it, he wants the um, record setting contract mm-hmm. for a defensive tackle, which is, Aaron Donald at about thirty one million dollars a year. Yeah, I think we- the Chiefs were sort of thinking more like Quinn and Williams with a few, a few million on top sort of thing.
0: Yeah. Well, do you think he's worth it?
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if you were to, I think and and multiple people have said this too. Like the two of the smartest guys I like listening to are Robert Mason, Nate Dice, and both of them have got there and said that. If Aaron Donald didn't exist, the NFL would talk about Chris Jones the way that they talk about Aaron Donald. Yeah. Like, so I, I, look, I I would say, actually, let me me rephrase my answer.
0: He had a really good season last year. He had a
1: really good season. I would say, yes, based off of the money now on how people are being paid and everything like that. But if you were to say right now, if Aaron Donald came and said to, if just say they were both free agents and they both went to um, Jacksonville, for instance, and said, right, give us your best offer. Aaron Donald would get more, would probably get offered more than what Chris Jones it would get, but it wouldn't be such a big discrepancy that you would sit there and go, can you believe that they're paying Chris Jones $29 million per year and Aaron Donald's getting, you know, yeah. 68 million a year? Like it's not, it's not that discrepancy, but it's close enough that you, yeah. you can't really, I guess you wouldn't really bat an eyelid if they came out and they said, you know, in a week before the season starts, that Chris Jones is coming back and he signed a contract where he's making $30 million a year. Yeah, You know, you're not going to be like, wow, that's a massive overpay, but yeah, I, I'm with you with the the Chiefs being over, but I think everything just revolves around number 15 and number 87 on the offense. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes, and one of the stats that um, that's just insane to hear about Travis Kelsey is every year since 2016, Travis Kelsey's had over 80 catches and over 1,000 yards a season since 2016. Yeah. That's just, you know... You can understand why people say that he is the best wide receiver, uh wide receiver, best tight end of all time. Like some of that those numbers are just insane. And as long as he's on the team, the Chiefs are always with Patrick Mahomes, the Chiefs are just going to be competitive just because they've got those two.
0: How I feel. Do you think they'll go back to the Super Bowl?
1: I wouldn't be surprised. I think they'll at least be in the championship game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I, I think the AFC's so stacked this year that you could tell me one of about five teams are going to make it from the afc and i'd believe every single one of them yeah like if you tell me that it's the dolphins going to make it the bills the bengals the jets even or yeah. the chiefs like i'd take all of them and go yeah i believe that yeah. you could tell me the ravens are going to do it like there's six teams there i'm like yep they could do it like you know what i mean so there's so many so many teams there that that i could see do it but i think they'll be right up in that that same sort of area they've been the last couple of years as Super Bowl or if not making it to the Super Bowl at least the AFC Championship game.
0: Yeah, like if you, this is how I feel like you're telling me that last year was the second youngest defense in the league and they're only going to get better together right. like if this is going to be a very, very good defense and you've got Mahomes and Kelsey on the other side of the ball like I can't, like it's insane to think that they could be even better.
1: Yeah uh, and and I mean Steve Spagnolo is one of the best defensive coordinators going around in football so to have him there as well just just elevates that team along with Andy Reid to a level which is just makes it makes football fun to watch to see these guys be able to do week in week out what they're able to do. Yeah. So moving on to our last team, and we'll try not to spend as too much time on them as we have some of these other ones. Denver,
0: fun one to talk about. Yeah,
1: Denver are uh, eight and a half wins. I had them way under. Uh, their losses, they lose Draymond Jones, Deshaun Williams, Graham Glasgow. You can also add to that uh, Tim Patrick's gone again for this season with his injury. They cut KJ Handler because of a heart injury. Yeah. Jerry Judy's injured at the moment. It's a very thin at wide receiver. Uh, marquee additions, they've got uh, so Mike McClinchy, Ben Powers trying to uh, boost to that offensive line. Zach Allen, they bring in from Arizona and then obviously part of the... Uh, Sean Payton revival is bringing Adam Troutman in from (laughs) trading for him from New Orleans because he's a guy who Sean Payton drafted there. So I have Denver under eight and a half wins. What's your thoughts, John?
0: I've actually got them nine and eight um, because I just cannot quit this defense, man. I think that they're just, I think they're the best in the league. Let's have a look at, like I, I think bringing in Sean Payton is going to definitely be one of the best things that they could do. Justin Simmons, I think, is an absolute stud. Pat Satan, absolute stud. They've got Frank Clark. They've got Jonathan Harris. They've got DJ Jones. They've got some elite, elite plays, players. Josie Jewell, I think, is still going to be good. Randy Gregory's come across as well. I think that's going to be an amazing piece for them. Was that this offseason that Randy Gregory was like, hey, Dallas, uh, I'm with you, and then, like, last minute just took off?
1: That was last last offseason.
0: Last offseason, okay. Are, are we sure? yeah okay
1: because um, he got he, he only played a few games last year before he got injured i think he did his acl or something last year so he didn't play for a huge i don't think he played a huge amount of games last year for denver
0: yeah yeah and then uh, um they'll have uh, kareem jackson as well who i think who i i also really really like so i think that there's some really stud pieces here um i think I don't. I actually quite like Vance Joseph as a de- defensive coordinator. Um, getting to the offensive side of the ball, this is where things get really, really murky because I'm not sure that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton are exactly getting along. The other thing is, like, for Russ to succeed, like, he's losing pieces. Like you said, he's lost Jerry Judy for at least I'm I'm thinking like two, three, maybe four weeks. Mm. We talked about the other receivers who have just gone, and then they went on an absolute cutting spree today in the 53 cutdown. Like, I think little Jordan Humphrey, I know Sean Sean Payton quite likes him. I think he might get elevated from the practice squad. Wouldn't be surprised as well if Kendall Hinton comes back to the practice from the practice squad, Um, and Montreal, Washington as well. I know had some, like, good catches last season. So there's players there that they could bring back up. I mean, they're going to have to. They've only got three guys. Mm. They've got Marvin Mims, Cortland Sutton, and... Brandon Johnson who I don't even know who Brandon Johnson is
1: no uh, I'm a bit the same but my my big question for them though is my, my big question is is Russell is the Russell Wilson we saw last year is that the Russell Wilson is that who he is now or was the last year just a blip he's got to be better
0: it was like hiszzy last year
1: he, he was but you know we see sometimes with some quarterbacks that they hit they hit a point where they just their play just drops dramatically. Like we've seen that so many times with guys, with quarterbacks, like their play just drops dramatically and they're no longer that person they were. But is Russell Wilson, is, is he one of those guys? Or is Russell Wilson one of those guys who just had a, he tried too hard in his first year. Nathaniel Hackett was there and was, didn't, instead of installing maybe his, ideal playbook and his ideal sort of thing it was too much input from Russell Wilson now you've got Sean Payton who's going to come in and pretty much go no this is the offense I don't necessarily care that you don't like some of these plays this is how we're going to do it like is is that going to then sort of give Russell Wilson that sort of structure that might help him
0: succeed my thing with Russell Wilson and I was, had expressed these thoughts on the internet before, but what, the thing about Russ when he started out in Seattle is he came in during an era where it was like Cam Newton was like the rushing dual threat guy. And um, before that, we had seen guys like um, from the Eagles and the Falcons, slip my name right now. Michael um, Vick. Yeah, Michael Vick. Thank you. Um, like the dual threat quarterback didn't really – exist exist like 10 years ago I mean there was also like Colin Kaepernick and stuff like that but the idea of Russ like defenses really struggle to defend young mobile quarterbacks like Russ that's just not the case anymore like defenses have finally caught up where we see them all the time we see Lamar Jackson we see Kyler Murray see Josh Allen we see all these sort of dual threat guys come through the system now and all of a sudden we sort of realize like hey Russ is actually quite old now he is quite slow. He's not as mobile in the pocket as he used to be. He would throw up so many prayer balls in Seattle that luckily like Doug Baldwin would come down with. Luckily, DK Metcalf was able to go up and catch and it's always along the side. He doesn't throw over the middle of the field, which maybe that's a good thing. There was just this, I felt like, and we sort of touched on this when we were talking about Seattle at the start of the show, there was so much that it felt like Pete Carroll was trying to protect the team from when it came to Russell Wilson, which Richard Sherman has openly spoken about as well. Um, KJ Wright has also openly spoke about as well. Like there were not too many fans there and man, you saw how fiery people like the defenders were last season when they were returning from the sideline. And it was just like, people were getting really upset. Like how different will it be this year? I don't know.
1: I think the thing is too, with a coach like Sean Payton, if Russell doesn't start to pan out the, the ownership Group there is more than like we'll side With Sean Payton
0: yeah of course They paid them both so much money
1: yeah And and that's the thing like Russ has got that new contract Extension and he's you Know he can make that That sort of you know that money and whatever Sort of thing but Sean Payton is one of those coaches too who You know if he had to, to To bench Russell Wilson just To prove a point in a game he Wouldn't be afraid to do it yeah so, I mean, they they are such a such a difficult team. Like, I've got a few, um, uh, you know, Denver Broncos fans in my life. Shout out to Nate Polvo. Um, sorry, Nate. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's just speaking with some of them sometimes, and especially last season, it was just a lot of, I am so frustrated, man. Like, that's just mm. that's pretty much everything, though. Like, we're not sure what he's doing. And, you know, you even saw the... um the start of the season, what was it week two when the crowd was counting down the play clock so they could get the plays off and things like that. Like it, if that was just because last year was an absolute shit show with Nathaniel Hackett as coach, like, you know, you chalk you last year, you just pretty much just get it away. You don't worry about it. But You know, Sean Payton's obviously too. He's also had this. uh, He said he left his analyst hat on where he went and on the tirade and said that Nathaniel Hackett was one of the worst coaching jobs he's ever seen in the NFL in his preseason. And that really upset uh, Aaron Rodgers and things like that. So Sean Payton's doing himself no favors by putting a target on his back for by saying things like that. But I, I mean, I really, I do really like their defense. I love some, like I love Pat Sertain. Like he's, he's to me, he's right up there in that conversation for best cornerback in the league. Like he's right up there in that he's just a superstar, but I, do, I I think the big question for them really is, is Russell Wilson last year's Russell Wilson, or is he the Seattle Russell Wilson? That's going to be the big thing that'll determine whether they can actually be a successful team this year or not.
0: For sure. And like, look, here's how the season starts Raiders, Commanders, sorry, football team, Dolphins, Bears, like those are some winnable games. They're all winnable. They are,
1: but then as well, like defense. I, I mean, they're all winnable. But then at the same time, if you tell me that they're zero and four, I also wouldn't be shocked by that either. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. they're that team who they probably should be at worst. At worst, they should be like maybe two and two at worst Uh, after those first four games. More likely you'd hope if you were a Broncos fan that they were three and one or four and oh, but if you were to come and tell me after that stretch of games that they're one and three or oh and four, like, yeah, you know, that also wouldn't surprise me as well. So,
0: but like, I mean, I think that's part of it is that's where I've got those nine wins mostly coming from is like. Raiders, commanders, okay, play the Bears, they play the Lions at some point. So they're playing the North, they're playing the Vikings. Like, I think that they can, they could probably make a, a sweep of the NFC North, to be honest, because um, the Packers are going to be playing them in Denver as well. They're going to play the Patriots. Like, there's so many just games where I'm like, yeah, I could see him winning, that.
1: Mm. There's opportunities to pick up wins as well. But yeah. then there also could be that, that, you know, like we were talking about earlier, you come back from the future in a couple months' time and if they were to say, you know, eight weeks into the season, well, Russell Wilson's been benched because they're one and seven. Like you could also go, yeah, that wouldn't, that's not out of the realm of possibilities either.
0: Like it's. Yeah. Like think about like this game, for example, even these two games week 16 and week 17, they have the Patriots week 16 coming to them. And then the Chargers coming to them week 17, like that, it's going to be cold as hell in Denver and that's going to be late in the season it's going to be like really rugged tough conditions like that's like sort of the the um the the environment that they could win in that that defense could dominate teams in
1: yeah it's it's yeah it, they're, they're one of those teams that they've thought, got they've got one of the to me they they're one of the teams actually that has the biggest variance yeah for this season like i've seen some people on the, on your side of thinking and have them around that hey, this defense is really good. We think Russell Wilson's going to be really good. They're going to be a 9-10 win team this year.
0: But that wasn't my side of thing. I was like, yeah, I agree. That's what I said. And I'm like, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like I've, I've seen people sort of be like, yeah, they're definitely over. They're going to be this type of that really good team pushing for the like a wild card sort of position. Yeah. I've also seen the complete opposite where some people are going, they could be fighting for the, maybe not the number one pick, but they could be a top 10 pick this yeah. year. So, yep. you know it's and and with how stacked some of these these divisions and these teams and everything are, like, nah, I, I'm just I'm just ready for the season to start now. Like you can see, there's so much intrigue on this season again. Yeah, we've gone through now. That's that's all four divisions. Yeah. Uh, all all of the divisions we've gone through now. So all eight, all eight division. I I think each week of this preseason when we've been doing these, I've had a team in my mind for how I think in these divisions that we've gone through, how I think they're going to play out. And I think by the time we do the next episode that we've done this, I've changed my mind on the order of all of most of those teams. Yeah. Cause there's just so much that, you know, goes through some of these where, you know, we've obviously got our, our favorite sorts of teams and where we think they're going to win. But like, to me, one of the biggest ones is uh, the AFC North.
0: Yeah. I,
1: I can't, I can't imagine it. Like in my mind, I think it's going to be Cincinnati, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, but you could flip that and I would believe it, but then you could tell me that they're going to have three teams that are all 10 and seven. And I'll yeah. believe it. Like, it's just, it's so hard to predict these teams. It's really, yeah, it's going to be a fun season and we're almost there. Yeah. We are almost there guys. So we will leave it there for now. We will have the Saturday air raid coming out again this Saturday, hosted by John. We'll go through our 53 players who didn't make the 53 man rosters.
0: Yeah, or did just like or did is that we're like, oh wow, that's uh, interesting.
1: Yeah, so that that's gonna be a that's gonna be a bit more of a rapid fire. We'll just sort of have a quick comment on some of them. Uh, just because otherwise, if that was the case, we might be on those teams for about 17 hours If we, can, <laughs> because of some of these guys that have or haven't made the teams. But thank you again for listening. We will have some more shows coming for you soon as the season kicks off. We are going to have breakdowns of games on our shows on the Saturday Airway. We've got some college stuff that's going to be coming through with any of that.
0: College it- season. Yeah, it's exciting.
1: College season is here. It's exciting. There's some really good games on Australian TV this weekend that I'm looking forward to. Um have you got anything that you would like to add John before we head out of here?
0: No, nothing to plug for me at the moment. Just uh very much looking forward. I, there's no football to be seen this weekend, which is sad, but then it is going to be a massive Crunch to the end of the year.
1: So if anyone would like to reach out and speak to any of us, you can find me on Twitter at bradbolt One. You can find John at John Lloyd Roberts. You can find us at the NFL at NFL Lab Network. John, thank you again. This has been fun. Probably gone a lot longer than what I was expecting it to, but just happens lab. when you get get rolling Bring with your you. Hope. So from John, from Bolt. myself. We'll see you all guys next week. Welcome back to the lab.
0: Welcome back to the land, back to the land.